podcast offering discussions and tutorials on nerdy subjects for people who aren't necessarily nerdy themselves. With you today, myself, is your nerdy tutor, George, and with me here today, Animal Crossing Mama, my mom. Hey. So, speaking of Animal Crossing, we're going to talk about another Nintendo property. Um, oh, okay. So, is Animal Crossing strictly Nintendo? Yes. Okay. So, Good. Animal Crossing is realize. a strictly, yeah, so Animal Crossing is a strictly Nintendo property. I think all the really great games on Nintendo are Nintendo properties. That's Mario, Zelda, uh, Animal Crossing, um, and today's topic, Pokemon. Well, okay, so so what I know of Pokemon really is the cartoon. Yes, which is, if, if, if that's all you know, that's more than enough. I know that. I know Pokemon Go. Yes. Because I have... My, you know, Gina is, is uh, my niece is into I, it. I was playing it in Japan yeah. when we were there too. Well, and I traveled with somebody who brought their daughter, um, who I, I must say her daughter's 30, um, who was all sorts of thrilled and, and uh, running around Vietnam um, collecting Pokemons. Pokemons that you can't get anyplace else. Yep. And, and, we, and we did it in, in Japan. Mm-hmm. And I've seen the Pokemon movie. Oh, yes. They're, well, okay. Which I thought was well done. You, you saw uh, Detective Pikachu. I saw D- Detective Pikachu. So I, okay, I'm sorry. No, no, you, no. I and mean, Detective and Pikachu. I took your brother to a Pokemon convention. Mm hmm. When those. With his existed. friend Ian. When those. Yeah. Um, must have been 20 years ago. At least. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Pokemon is fairly ubiquitous around the world, isn't it? It, it, it uh, the Pokemon stores. Yes, in Japan. In, we're, in we're, Japan, yeah. I, I was telling somebody about that earlier today, and I was trying to explain to them. It's like, imagine you went into like a like imagine you went into Bed Bath and Beyond, but instead of beds, bath, bath related stuff, it was nothing but Pokemon, and you could buy Pokemon stuffed animals, and you can buy Pokemon pencils and Pokemon pens and Pokemon candy and Pokemon rulers and Pokemon Pokemon pasta. Yes, and they even had, I mean, I'm pretty sure they would even have Pokemon pillows and Pokemon sheets there as well you could buy. Oh, they did. Yeah, no, um, we brought back. A whole catalog of stuff. Okay, so so we brought back um, Pokemon that were unique to the places that you were. So Kyoto had its own Pokemon, uh, its, uh, its own, own, po- Pico- its own, own Pikachu. Pikachu. It actually had two of them, remember? Yeah, it had so two it, of them. So one in a kimono and one um, uh, is like a geisha almost. Yeah. And then and then Tokyo had had different ones. Mm-hmm. I, so we and we we brought those back. Um, uh, we brought back uh, some in in um, in w- the short jackets. Yeah. 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 Again, those we, stores, br- we brought back a number of them. And we were the, and when we went to the stores, we weren't. We weren't it wasn't like we weren't there for a short period of time either. Oh, oh gosh! This, uh, the stores were like, um, I mean, the size of them—they're probably ten thousand feet or so. I would uh, probably say like it's the size of like a really good-sized Starbucks, if not like two. No, much big, bigger, much bigger. Almost like a bookstore, almost. Yeah, yeah, they were quite large. Because um, I kept and, thinking, I kept thinking about the one in Tokyo was probably like the size of like a Barnes and Nobles or like a Borders. If exactly, was, exactly, and and uh, and and so it was, it was a thing. <clears throat> Oh, it, it's still very much a thing. Actually, what's very funny is that um, about a year ago, they had a pop-up store in London, a Pokemon store there. And they eventually had to release a Twitter page that all they did was just announce what they were sold out of. <laughs> so it was Pikachu in like a bowler hat and a little tuxedo. Well, 
Yeah. Oh, oh, oh I, I can only imagine because I collect Starbucks cards when, cards when I travel and they're they're unique to the country you're buying them in. Um, so yes, so that that's kind of a thing. Um, one of the other things about the Pokemon stores in, in Japan were that um, there, if you bought a certain dollar amount and the dollar amount was, you know, was probably the equivalent of about $50. Um, you got um, giveaway things that were not only unique to that city, but unique to that store. Yeah, and and again, I mean, again, and there were some cool giveaway things. Japan's very much like that. They're very much about um, selling you on the notion that uh, buy enough, buy enough, buy enough of whatever we have we're selling, and you can get a special, um, and you can get like a special thing that we're only selling in a limited quantity. So you might as well. Uh, do it, yeah. So this was the Pokemon store in London. Oh, that's cool. Yes. That's very cool. Yeah. So we'll, we'll post that up on the website here. Um, so what, so you said you also know the 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 cartoon, the anime. Yep. Is there anything else about Pokemon you know? Cards. Yes, the cards. Okay. So. I was cleaning your brother's room. Oh God! I'm sure he had cards. Yeah, he's gone off to med school in <coughs> in uh, Philadelphia. So so um, I was finishing cleaning up your brother's your brother's stuff and. Mm-hmm. There were there were Pokemon cards uh, in with his Yu-Gi-Oh. That wouldn't surprise me. So. Um, so yeah, so let's talk about just the real quick history of Pokemon um, as it was. Uh, Pokemon itself is kind of the brainchild of a gentleman by the name of Satoshi Tajiri, um, who the game is kind of originally based off of his love. Was he was a kid in Japan, he loved to collect bugs and insects. And so the original notion was that when he saw his uh, neighborhoods and communities becoming more urbanized with more buildings and stuff, he saw a lot more children who weren't going out and collecting bugs. And he thought that was, um, you know, a bit of a loss for that kind of generation to not be able to go out and catch them. Um, And so his original intention was to make little monsters that you could collect um, and name and trade with other people if you wanted to. It's actually a cool idea because if I think back to um, when you guys were young, there used to be these sticker books, and I could buy um, I could buy the, the book, and then you collect the stickers, and um, and I, I remember Ducktales being one of the ones that, that you had. Lila had a My Little Pony one, um, uh, and I I could buy the sticker packages in the grocery store, or, you know, or or someplace like that. Yeah, and then we would use them for whatever. Yeah. We were doing for whatever reason. Well, yeah, but you had the book and you and you collected them in the book and you'd mm-hmm. have duplicates and you could trade duplicates with yeah. other kids. And and so cl- collecting is kind of a ubiquitous thing. It, well, again, it's a very nerdy thing at the end of the day. Um, us, us nerds love to collect stuff and um, when there's no telling some people's hobbies and habits for that. I've seen people's collections of other stuff and I'm always just like, I'm glad I only collect a few things. And even what I do collect, I'm very, very specific on. So, like, but I also tend to, because it's very specific, also tends to be a lot more expensive and rare. Yeah. So that's, that's going to be my... That's, that's part, of, the, part, of the, part of the Joyce is the woman mm-hmm. with, uh, with uh, 22 different uh, plates with turkeys on them for Thanksgiving. Or, well, okay. Well, okay. Those turkeys have a purpose. Yeah, they do. They get used they once they a year. Ser- they get served. Same thing with the reindeer uh, The reindeer, right? reindeer dinnerware, yes. Um... So what's actually kind of interesting about uh, Pokemon in general uh, was that the company that made Pokemon, which is a company known as Game Freak, didn't start out as a video game company. 
Much in the same way Nintendo actually started out with uh, playing cards and Japanese uh, card games, uh, Game Freak actually started off as a ma- as a fan-made self-published magazine that was originally done by uh, Tajiri and another gentleman who would go on to help doing the who who would help do the artwork and designs for the original Pokemon. Oh, cool! Um, and so when they eventually kind of they were originally making the fan magazine to just kind of talk about video games and then eventually they started they started getting to the point where we were um, instead of talking about being fans of video games they started actually critiquing video games and they got them to um, they got them noticed initially by Nintendo when they started making their own video games after a certain point now what kind of time frame is this uh, this would have been in the 80s when okay. they would have had the magazine going and by the early 90s uh, they would have become a video game uh, company at that point to try to make video games. Um, and so the initial Pokemon came out in 1996. Uh, now, what's interesting about the original first set of Pokemon... So I'm trying to think, okay, so so you would have been 12. I would have been like maybe 12, 13, maybe. Yeah. But it didn't come out in the West until 2000, until 98. That's what I was trying to figure out, because I was trying to put a time frame to when... Because I remember it during when we were dancing was a big deal. Okay, we were in re- high school. It yeah. would have been a high school for me, so that would have been like two years later in, in uh, that yeah. sense. Um, but when the original version of Pokemon came out, it only had about 130-some-odd Pokemon in there originally. And the original versions were known as Pokemon Red and Pokemon Green. And what eventually happened was they later came out with a... a not necessarily a director's cut, but a more polished version of the game. Um, I guess you could probably call it the director's yeah. cut. They called it, it was Pokemon Blue. It had a lot of updated sprites and also added uh, another 20 Pokemon, which we know is at the original 151 Pokemon. Um, this is the song. This is That's where the song comes from, yeah. The Poke Rap. The Poke Rap. Which, I, if, you, if you ever get really bored, I will show you the Spanish version. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, so it's a, it's, it's not quite the Spanish version, but it, there's a there's a person who does a cover of the Poke Rap to the to the to the tune of Despacito. Oh, I love it because I, I like Despacito. Yeah, Despacito. And, yeah, and so and so they they sing it using nothing but the Pokemon names. <laughs> I okay. Do do include that in the show I notes. I will definitely I will definitely include it because it's one of those it's one of those things where like when I meet new people, it's like oh. Let me try to make you laugh by showing you ridiculous stuff I've collected off of YouTube over the years, and that's one of them. Um, so yeah, I get a lot of great laughs with laughs with that. Um, so when we get Pokemon here in 1998, it's been out in Japan since 2000, been 2006, or excuse me, 96, and then they also started doing the anime in 97. And the anime was a meant not meant to be a literal translation of the uh, original game but it's basically an original it's basically a retelling of the entire original first game um, it even it follows the, the in the anime as we know it uh, Ash Ketchum originally known as Satoshi in Japan uh-huh. um, follows the same exact trail that the po- that the trainer would in the game right and the intention for that was kind of twofold one of which was to say hey kids if you're getting stuck Follow the anime, and you can, if you were just kind of following along with the anime and all that's ever you watched, watch, you'd actually be able to play the video game pretty, pretty well, because 
it goes through a lot of the same motions of teaching you how to what the Pokeballs do, what the Pokemon centers are, are all about, and all these other elements of of the world. And they don't go into like the minutia of the details, like the uh, the different types of Pokemon necessarily. What are better? Well, they go through training them and evolving them, though. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but it gives you all the core mechanics of the game of the game. Yeah. Uh, but also, kind of is ideally playing out the same speed at which you would be playing the game. So again, if you if Pokemon if Ash is in this particular part of the region that's actually tied to a portion of the game that plays out very similarly, most likely. So, so I, so I guess I'll find this out when I play. But um, are the villains in there too? So what? A, so your homework ahead of time is going to be uh, a version of Pokemon which is a little bit like Pokemon Go in the original Pokemon. So it's Pokemon Let's Go Eevee, and they had a, a similar version called Let's Go uh, Pikachu. And so I like it, Eevee; she's cute. It's very cute. Um, and you can actually dress up Eevee, too, in costumes. Ooh. Uh, you can dress up as well to be similar. Oh, cool. Um, so Isn't hers. Yep. Um, and so what's unique about these versions of the game is that um, in the original version of the game, it was all uh, one-on-one. It, you'll still do the one-on-one battles, but this version has a lot of mechanics that are similar to Pokemon Go. And the idea of Pokemon Go is that you take the Pokeball and you swipe it toward the Pokemon, and as so long as you get it, so long as you hit it with the Pokemon, depending on the size of the ring that goes around the Pokemon, you'll have a chance to catch it. Well, I was watching you catch things that were unique in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Or in, 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 in Japan, Japan, yeah. yeah. Um, and so um, the smaller the ring and you hit it inside the ring, the better chance you'll catch the Pokemon. So, okay. so that's just that mechanic there. It's a much easier version of the game, um, but it also has the cool the battle al- uh, elements of it as well. So it's... A very user-friendly version of the game, so that's you. That's going to be your homework here. Play as much or as little as you want, so because <laughs> I think you'll get the idea pretty quickly. Okay. Um, and so again, the anime is one of those weird and interesting kind of cool things is that it follows the character and follows the game really well. There's not a lot of, I mean, admittedly, there's not a lot of anime out there based off of video games um, that, in a lot of cases, have, are long-lasting. Keep in mind the original Japanese animation for Pokemon. Is still ongoing in Japan and still here in America too, and it follows the main character Ash as she goes through each and every different region of the game. And there's over eight there's over eight generations of this of the versions of this game at this point. And the anime has been going on. Thankfully, when it got to the newest ver- with the the most recent version of the um, Sun and Moon series, they actually gave Ash a redesign. So it's a lot more. Uh, toned down and less static from what his original version was. He's a little bit more cartoony looking, I guess. Oh. Uh, so he, it's it's nice because it fits in more with the Hawaiian theme of what gener- that generation was. Um, and so, and we'll talk about that here in um, in a little bit. Um, so you know you know the basic premise of Pokemon, I would presume, right? Yeah. Although, how old is Ash supposed to be? This is a kind of a bit of a misnomer because this is a thing that kind of happens in Jeff in this is kind of a thing that happens in a lot of cartoon shows in general and, and misty and again in a lot of cartoon shows in general um, characters don't age they'll go through seasons and they'll go through a period of time yet they're always 10 years old okay so so I, I'm okay I'm okay with with animation staying the same age mm-hmm how, how old is he? Because I never had a good feel for, is he 14? Is he, he's 10. He's 10. 
Okay. He's he's an old ten. Uh, he he's a ten year old bordering on thirty two or thirty three even. I always figured he was like twelve or fourteen or somewhere in there. Um he seem, he strikes me as, as adolescent. Yeah, very very adolescent, just right at the very Although edge. I guess Misty's not really developed. It depends on which versions you've seen her in. Oh, okay. Uh, fan fiction is a wonderful thing. <laughs> well, I could see people crushing on Misty, so I get it. Yeah, there's a lot of people that crush on a lot of the different trainers throughout the series, actually. Okay. This is, again, all the different gym leaders and uh, characters that you kind of meet throughout the series. There's a lot of fans of some pe- of some certain characters, and a lot of, there's a lot of people that are a fan of, of Pokemon. And like, I know Miss Magnus is one of my favorite Pokemon because it's a, it's a ghost Pokemon that has a witch's hat on. And it looks ever so cool. Well, I mean, I think one of the things that, that I like or liked about the series when you were growing up was that um, it, it allowed you to have sort of this, have the battles, have the whatever, but was clean. Yeah. And, and I think one of the things that stuck with me is, is how many um, young adults I know that, that, play, that still play it. Well, young adults and grown adults and so many people I know mm. still very much play this game. I mean, me and my little brother literally went out and got the newest version of the game so we could play together. Yeah. And so, I mean, and we're both very much grown, um, fully grown adults for that matter. Yeah. Um, and I have no, again, I, I've, Nerdum knows no boundary. I know little kids that are, that enjoy Game of Thrones. I don't think they should know what Game of Thrones is. Game of Thrones has a lot of sex. I, I mean, I mean, legitimately, Game of Thrones has a lot of sex and 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 uh, deals with a lot of adult topics. That, Again, that, that's, that's that that's something you know under the age of sixteen. Really, I wouldn't. Again, I mean, that's it's one of those things where. Um, and and I'm not a prude. No, and and. and, and not an approved or not, but it's one of those things in which if my nieces were into it right now, I'd be like, how do you even know about this? Yeah, no, I wouldn't allow it. Yeah. Um, but, but, but I didn't allow Simpsons and until you guys were well into teenage years because I didn't think you should talk to adults that way either. So Yeah, but I'm okay. But like as a, as a slightly older adult now, I kind of, I, I kind of can appreciate that as well. So, um, so Oh, we just caught something. So that's what it looks like. Oh, very cool. So what I'm using right now is I'm using Pokemon Go. Go has a what they call it a augmented reality feature. So remember uh-huh. how last week we talked about yeah virtual, virtual reality. reality. Yeah. So basically, I've told the game that when it looks in this particular area or that particular spot, that's where they'll see that Pokemon at, and you can go um, all around the room and look at it, look at the Pokemon from basically any angle you wanted to. So I could walk around it. Mm-hmm. Which oh, is which has been very useful for a lot of people who wanted to do art of the Pokemon because you could see all sides of it. Yes, got it. So that that was that that's, was a, that's pretty cool. So that's that's one of the nice features of it. Um, so for those who are unaware of what Pokemon is, for the most part, Pokemon are basically what the original version of the game was called was known as capsule monsters, or eventually became pocket monsters. It's romanized here in the West as Pokemon, so pocket monsters. So that's where the name Pokemon comes from, and 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 it, that's because they fit in the Pokeball, um, and the Pokeball could go in a pocket. Well, again, the original version would have been a pocket ball, would have been a pocket monster ball. Okay. So again, 
again, to say pocket monster might be a little disingenuous, especially in the West where like, ooh, it's a monster, ew. As oh. if it's as of where more of oh. a monster along the lines of Monsters Inc. Yeah, but like, but again, even the monsters of Monsters Inc. are meant to be scary. Oh, They're that's supposed to scare the kids. The Andes aren't scary. Yeah, and and at the same time, the West is very much about trying to create its own um, unique naming conventions in a lot of cases to kind of like, this is our property. This is Pokemon, because if you if you just call it Pocket Monsters. You might be able to call it like you. You might have other spinoffs that might be like, oh, this this is a pocket baseball, or this is pocket cars, or, or a pocket Mario. You know, so there's a bit of a copyright sort of intellectual yeah. property sort yeah. of element to it. Yeah. Um, and even when we were in the Pokemon stores in Japan, they very much were Pokemon stores, not Pocket Monster at all. From yeah, what I they gather. Were, yeah. So um, I don't know if that's just them catering to us Westerners, or, but I think they've just kind of embraced that the, the term for that, and I think that's probably for the best. I would imagine. Well, it's everything easier. everything we saw in Japan that was Pokemon related was was Pokemon. Yeah. It wasn't pocket monsters at all. Yeah. Um, so Pokemon are these various creatures. They usually look very much like normal everyday animals that we might find in our world. So they look like dogs, birds, giraffes, hippos. Uh, cows, uh, giraffes. I've not elephant. seen a cow. I, they're a cow. Oh. In fact, okay. actually, originally there was just bulls with horns called Taurus, and they eventually made a female one, which was really just a, a marble cow with udders on it. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, um, but what they did here, um, but the world of Pokemon is very much like our own world. Probably a lot more forest and less urbanization that goes on. Because there are wild Pokemon everywhere. And the wild Pokemon generally don't ha want anything to do with you or don't have any f issues They'll run with you from at all. you, yeah. Um, unless you kind of like really like, unless you kind of step up to them and be like, I'm going to capture you. And then they're like, oh, we'll see about that. Um, but the Pokemon in general are more, are just about as ubiquitous as our world. So instead yeah. of pigeons, so instead of pigeons, you might have Pidgeys. Or um, instead of rats, you might have Rattata. So they're very so they're very common sort of animals that we see throughout the world. A squirtle's um, kind of a turtle, yeah. and yeah, squirtle. And there's some some kind of uniqueish looking Pokemon as well, like some. I mean, again, some dragons. Are, some of there's dragons. There's turtles that kind of have elements of being a, a squirrel as well. Sometimes there's two animals mixed together to be one. Well, what um, is Eevee supposed to be? Eevee's supposed to be like a little fox. Uh, Oh, that, okay, that works. So it's supposed to be a little fox. There's another fox in the game called the Vulpix, which um, evolves into what's called the Ninetales, which is meant to be a take on Japanese kitsune, which are the the demon foxes that are meant to watch over shrines. Yeah. Um, we, we, went, went, we went to... So we went to the... So do you remember the... Uh, Fushi. Fushi Inari? Yeah. So that was supposed to be... Um, the Inari, are again, are, demon, are supposed to be the demon foxes, but their distant cousins are the kitsune, which are kind of the more... Uh, toying sort of uh, raccoony sort of uh, no, that's Tanuki. Excuse me. They're they're foxes with multiple tails. And yeah. Nine tails. yeah. The, in theory, the more tails you have, the more divine you are. Um, but again, yeah. So they take a lot of stuff off of Japanese uh, lore as well. They've actually done a very good job, especially as it's obviously become a lot more popular around the world. That they've taken other elements as well. So there's a Santa Claus penguin bird. 
okay. I think I think actually one of my favorite series of Pokemon is there's. Do you a po- go to Alaska to get that? Or? No, no. You find it. You find it during Christmas time in Pokemon Go, but then you go to like icy locations and you find them there. Okay. Um, and again, so I could go to the skating rink. Yeah, you yeah. might go to a skating rink and find them, and okay. and that's the other thing. Some Pokemon only live in certain areas. So like if you were um, in a forest, you might find more insects and bugs. So you might find more. Uh, Caterpies and Weedles or Butterfreeze and Beedrills or more bug type Pokemon. Well, okay, and the thing, the thing in in uh, in, you know, we did a, a tour that was Vietnam, Laos, and Cambodia, mm-hmm. and um, Patricia was thrilled because it was mostly water Pokemon because, of course, you've got a whole lot of shoreline. Yeah, and so that and that's the other thing, even in Pokemon Go. Um, if you're by the water, you tend to catch more water Pokemon. As where if you're more inland, you tend to catch more like rock Pokemon. And if you're in more of a city, you, see, you tend to see more electric Pokemon because electricity in cities. I forget what she caught at Anchor Watt, but it was something really unique. I bet it would have been. Yeah. Would have been cool. Um, and so Pokemon are kind of all around us. In a lot of cases, um, people, you know, people have Pokemon as pets, but they're not just like any pets. They're more like... Um, Kind of like um, like helper animals almost. Like so, if you were to tell a poke, if you were, if you were a Pokemon that was in your family and you said, oh, can you go grab, you know, can you go bring in the laundry? They might they'll go help you and bring in the laundry, assuming they could. Because um, some Pokemon have hands and arms and and stuff, and they're not just birds or dogs and other creatures. Well, what does a Psyduck do for you? Well, Psyduck is technically a psychic water Pokemon. It's I I actually think that Psyduck and Golduck um, have their names backwards because Golduck looks really cool, but it's a blue Pokemon and Psyduck. You know, if the two were, I think the names were are, are incorrect because Golduck looks like a gold sounds like a gold duck at the end of right, the day, yeah, which would make sense. And then Psyduck is this kind of cool blue looking Pokemon that like looks like he's about to do like a like a break dance on you almost. So I think they they switched the naming conventions. But what Psyduck does at the end of the day, I don't have a good answer beyond having a headache. Okay, but this brings up a different a different topic. So I have two questions for you. Okay, yes. And I know I'm I'm, I'm interrupting because I see no, you no, looking at no, notes. But um, yeah, I guess the first one is is um, along with with and this goes into the Pokemon being helpful. Um, you know, one of the one of the the things I noticed was um, as I became more aware of. Japanese traditions and, and Japanese ethos, mm-hmm. um, and and the obligation to put others before yourself. Yes, Pokemon very much follows this. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, one of the things that that's really um, that I really recall from the the uh, animation series was that they have the Pokemon centers and they have healing and there's a whole concept around around uh, recognizing the impact and healing mm-hmm. that is very much um, in keeping with the Japanese ethos. Yeah, because again, I mean, even in, very much in a notion in Japan is helping others um, and not taking up as much space as, you know, doing the, you know, trying to have as least impact on other people while trying to do as much for other people as you can, um, which is one of those things I found really rewarding in Japan because everybody just wanted to help us out. Yeah, I don't remember any. Not much English spoken, but no. But, and even when they didn't speak a lot of English, you know, they were yeah. still very excited to to have us there. They were very. I mean, the number of places we went to where they were like, "Oh, you, 
do you you speak you do you need guide it's like oh yes we would love a guide great and we looked at it, it was like okay well how much do you cost it's like oh no no free free yeah. free yeah oh so that they pay you to be here no no volunteer volunteer and we were, and that was in um nagasaka where we went to the the castle which was yeah if we didn't have this guy this this guy it's actually my so favorite, much information my favorite castle yeah it was so cool and yeah and again that was everybody in japan and so it, in a lot of cases that's a lot of the same way um pokemon kind of act as well they're very you know again once well, if they, you looked confused in a in a subway tube mm-hmm. in a train tube um, somebody would stop and help you. Oh yeah, absolutely. They, yeah, it, yeah. So, they, so, so there's an overall ethos, but I, I think there's also an overall um, ethos about personal well-being. I think that's where, um, where you saw the Japanese bass. Which, if you ever go to Japan, forget your inhibitions, and go to a Japanese bath. I'd love them. Would do them at every every pos- oh. once I hit one, would do them at every possible opportunity. Oh yeah, no, I. Even capsule hotels. That capsule hotel that we stayed at. Oh, the, the bath? I don't oh. know about the men's bath because I think it was upstairs and we were downstairs. Or were no, you we were also, both downstairs. We were both downstairs. We were, it was in the basement and it was the most lovely rock waterfall baths just beautifully equipped um, mine, mine seemed like a little more like a like a swimming pool but it did have like the rock feature kind of in the middle with water kind of cascading down over it with all like a little waterfall sort of thing very cool oh um and and so true of of um most every place we stayed actually mm-hmm. um it was the presence of of the baths and well, not and just so much the, the the presence of the baths what i really liked was this presence of nature everywhere i mean yeah i mean even in tokyo we saw you know nature we saw bits of nature that they were very eager to preserve and and keep hold to and that's a very much a large part of japan can Japan, because again, you got to remember that Japan has a lot of open countrysides that have not been urbanized on any particular level, and that's because they do realize that um, they have a very limited space on their islands, and that for that, they mean because there's agriculture and there's farming that gets done on the island for as small as a place as it is, because. Japan's not any is probably smaller than California. I want to say. I think, if I think not, it probably is. Okay, so I'm going to make an overall, um, two overall comments. And mm-hmm. having having um, traveled a great deal in Asia, I've been to to everything from India to over to Japan. Yeah. Um, I've, I've been to Korea, and um, and as an overall comment, um, public spaces are huge. Park spaces, um, what we what we refer to in in America as public spaces, um, are huge and very well appointed. Now, I had this question of of um, a guide that I had in Vietnam who um, was a college student, and, and I said, so you know, you you go to parks in the evening and people are working out, and every corner of the park has maybe a different kind of um, aerobic exercise or something mm-hmm. going on. And um, and what she told me made a lot of sense, and that's that you have very small living spaces, and nobody has their own. It's very rare to have your own backyard, your own yeah. personal space. But but you have very small living spaces, and in some cases, you know what living space you have is shared with your motorcycle, because you don't always leave them out on the street. Um, and the explanation was. You go outside because it's not a, your your living space inside is is really only for your. It's just for like kind of like your 
eating, sleeping, and in, in, yeah. in bathing, primarily. Yeah, so so you you have more of a community thing um, that takes place outside in, in those public spaces because you don't have um, as much space. Like, your, your apartment would be a house for 14, I mean. Well, okay, that seems excessive. But. Okay, a house for eight. Um, I mean, I, I'm just saying, you know, I think the, um, the you know, a couple of the hotels we stayed in, not necessarily the, the, the capsule hotel, but, but certainly the um, hotel in Tokyo, that would be somebody's apartment with a kitchen added on and a kitchen and a bathroom added on. Yeah, I mean, there are, I, in Japan, again, I have, I have heard about people's living spaces that are no bigger than you know, like 300 square feet in a lot right. of cases. And right. even in my, even when I, even up until I moved up here to uh, San Jose, I mean, my, my original room was probably no bigger, um, was I think like a 20 by 11 room, you know, so it was really no bigger than 300 square, not even 300 square feet. And it had, a, it had its own bathroom in it. So. Well, and like, in in the place that your sister rents is, is uh, 400 square feet. And it's a, a bathroom and a and a shared kitchenette living room that's maybe ten by twelve. It's pretty. Have you seen it's, it? It's very tiny. Yeah. Yeah, it's tiny. She has four hundred square feet, and and um, and Her so other place was not much bigger either. If yeah, it was probably smaller. Smaller. Yeah. So this one's actually bigger because it's got a bigger bathroom. But um, and and that would be a gracious apartment in in. Oh yeah, it's probably in, very true in Japan as well. Yeah. I mean, um, there's a lot of places in Japan which are now, which again, I mean, like, do prioritize that kind of mo smaller, moderate spacing. I mean, there's a lot of places, even in Japan, where you, you know, they don't, you have a restroom, but you don't actually have a bath in your, in your apartment. You have maybe like a small kitchenette and that leads into the living space. Um, and then you have a bathroom, but then you actually go out to a bathhouse to take a bath. Yeah. Yeah. Um, your bathroom may have, be just a toilet. Yeah. 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 So, so, you know, back to the overall comment here is, is there a lot, there was, there seemed to me to be a lot of Japanese ethos as it became, as it became more educated about it before we went. Yes. I went, oh, okay. So now I see where this fits in with the Pokemon yeah, it's animation very, and, and other things I've seen from, from, uh, yeah, is there how ja everything's Japan. very helpful and there's everybody's going out of their way to try to, make it as easy as simple as possible um for the trainers especially because again they're 10 year old kids they're 10 year old kids and and the and the, the comment about healing is really that um wellness is actually a very important thing yes um within that society and i i i um always found it very um positive that uh you know the the trainers ask a lot of their pokemon but then they take them to heal Mm -hmm. That's a priority. Yeah, they, there's a lot of healing, but they have a lot of this. Um, the anime goes into a lot better um, understanding of this relationship that the that the trainer has with their Pokemon. Um, so when we keep saying trainer, so um, basically anybody who has Pokemon with the intent to train them to do fights or to make them stronger to evolve um, are known as trainers or Pokemon trainers and. Uh, the goal of most Pokemon trainers is to make your Pokemon stronger, but you can make them stronger through fighting. And there's even competitions uh, that are not related to fighting where you can dress up your Pokemon in, in costumes or have 
uh, Pokemon doing uh, talent show like esque uh, stuff. Oh wow! Um, and you can be so America's in- Got Pokemon. Yes. Okay. You know, so you have. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I'm just thinking right now. I'm just thinking of Simon right now going. That has absolutely got to be the worst Squirtle glasses I've ever seen. About I'm just, I'm trying. I'm picturing him right now, just like I'm, I'm also thinking. I'm also thinking X Factor Pokemon. I'm I'm trying to imagine Heidi Klum. Just imagine everybody. Just fantastic, fantastic. Actually, Sofia Vergara. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, you know what that has to be though. Next though, right? What? Pokemon Bachelor. Which is coming back in October. Bachelor's coming back in October? Yes. From what I understand, Pokemon's coming back in October. Or Bachelor's, bachelor's coming, coming back. Bachelor's coming back in it's October. Ba- be bachelor- Bachelorette with Claire who falls in love in two weeks and, and then gets replaced by Tasha. Oh, so you've read the story here. Oh, God, yes. Oh, God. Stop okay. spoiling. Sorry. Anyways. Um, but I don't know who wins. Thank goodness. Um, so yeah, so Pokemon. What's interesting about Pokemon is that so you heard us mention Pokeballs, and so Pokeballs are basically what Pokemon live in. The red and white, half red, half white. So you can actually... That's the baseball. The, that's the, the, one those are the most basic I, balls, I, I, and you can get... Ball, yeah. um, other Pokemon balls come in different colors, shaped, in colors um, and so some of them have different qualities to them as well. Like some are better meant for catching water or grass Pokemon. Oh, the others girls were so excited to have the purple ones. Because those ones are the master balls, so those master are supposed balls? to be... You only ever get, like, one in the game, and so it's meant to be for, like, the most difficult Pokemon you absolutely have okay. to catch. Okay, so when we came back from Japan, they were eight and five, and and we brought back um, several times of, types of Pokeballs, some of which they didn't get until Christmas, um, of the because you can't buy them here. I'd never seen them here. They're, they're here. They're not common. Okay. Um, and they're also like these. These Pokeballs were like the size of what they would should be. And so Pokeballs yeah. are start off as about the size of like a golf ball, and they can grow to the size of about you know a soft fit in your about, hand. It's like a like the size yeah, of like a, a softball. softball. Yeah, yeah. Um, a good, that's a good. They open comparison. up in half and then they spit out as a kind of electrical sort of element. like a genie in a lantern. Very much, yeah. So they they pop out of the Pokeball. And when the Pokemon faint because of they've been battling too hard, they actually just naturally return back to the Pokeball. Yeah. Um, and they're just tied and, to and the Pokeball like, forever. I, I, and, and I have to say, so so, not that I was a helicopter mom, but um, but I was watching whatever you were watching because I wanted to understand whatever you guys were mm-hmm. into. So one of the things I liked was that when you injured, it wasn't a blood and guts injury. It was the faint... You might and get like a couple like black kind of scrape marks on them, but a little, it wasn't little crystal. But it, like yeah, they have little crosses. And, yeah, like yeah. little scuff marks, basically. Yeah. But yeah. you never. But yeah, it was. It's the anime is very, very wholesome because again, it it is very much aimed toward a younger audience. It's aimed yeah. for a um, a younger, mostly probably shonen boy audience that's meant to be like a. I have know, to say, seven, I, okay. seven through like I have to say. 12. I, I I thought, and your sister did, I thought um, Pokemon was equally appealing gender-wise. It absolutely is. And I, I mean, think, it's following Ash, but there's also Misty. And, yeah, who's, and, who's given equal amount of time and, yeah. and grace. And, and nobody in the, in the in, in, there's almost never any sort of, like, put-downs or anything like that with the exception of, no, you could do better or you shouldn't do that because that's wrong. 
Right. Like nobody, nobody really. And there is, the and there is that. some morality there. In, in, but I think there's, that's that's very much intentional of a lot of children's shows. Yeah. Um, because again, I mean, I can remember watching He Man as a very young child, and even as an adult now, I'm really trying to think. Okay, don't trust people that have skulls instead of heads. Yeah. Got it. Don't trust Skeletor. Yeah. That's really all I got from He-Man yeah. at the end of the day. Oh, and if you get a sword, you have to hold it up in the air and, and shout, I have the power, and God hope something happens. Well, okay, so so one of the other things I will say <laughs> about Pokemon was there's, there's a lot of empathy, um, not just between the trainer and his Pokemon, but between... Uh, each other. There's, each other, yeah. So it, that's one of the really kind of nice things I liked about Pokemon as well is that you might have this really fierce battle and rivalry with another person, but the rivalry stops at the at the edge before it could ever become malicious or villainous. On any you don't level. just like, yeah. Any, aside from the two the two villains, which are very, 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 very inept villains. Well, and, and I was going to say very cartoony, but it is. Oh a, yes, very. Yeah. Um, but but uh, uh, aside from the two villains, there's really not a dislike for. Any for anyone no no i mean and even the villains jesse and uh jesse and james are more bumbling sort of yeah. occasional allies in a lot of cases too. well it's a toned down boris and natasha bullwinkle wow i hadn't thought about it that until you mentioned it but yes you're absolutely right no i mean that's how i always perceived it um so you Let's see what... i'm sorry i'm, I'm no, no. I, I, I have all these lovely notes we'll post it all on the website um I'm sorry, I'm, I don't mean to be. So the other thing I did want to mention was a Pokedex. And so the Pokedex is um, generally given... Pokemon themselves are usually gifted to children or earned in some cases. Mm -hmm. um, at 10 years old, it's kind of the mark of starting your life out as a journey, which wouldn't have been... So sort of your own bar mitzvah. Kind of your own bar mitzvah, yeah, but it was also kind of like... I think if you go way back in time, 10 years old was also kind of the time in which you were almost considered a man in a lot of cases as well, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that harkens back to that necessarily. Well, but back in the day at 10 years old, I, I would have been agreeable with leaving you at home alone for a couple of hours. I think I did. You probably did. You probably came home for like fifth grade. Did I make you go to Camp Running Bear in fifth grade? Yes. But, it would, it, but when, I, when I started going to Quimby um, Middle School, I think that would have been when I started coming home on my own. I would have been 12, yeah. So, yeah, right around okay. there would have been yeah. fun. Yeah. 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 Um, so, Pokedex are kind of this way uh, for Pokemon professors, which are people who study Pokemon, is a way to study Pokemon in a way with them actually never having to leave. So, what the Pokedex does is it keeps track of your Pokemon of what you've caught and what's kind of in the, what they call the National Registry, mm -hmm. um, and which later is kind of updated to be the local registry because the National Pokedex includes probably thousands of Pokemon, but we, all, we ever see is just a small portion of that. How many Pokemon are there at this point? Because there are 151 originally. So there's 151 originally. As of current, there's 896 Pokemon you could probably say more because as of Pokemon Sun and Moon, what they've started to do is they've started to rebrand some Pokemon. So some of the first older Pokemon. So if you originally were a fire Pokemon in uh, Pokemon Sun and Moon, you might have been a water or ice Pokemon. 
And so, or if you were a normal type Pokemon, you might now have like a poison element associated with you or a dark element associated with you. So it's, it's kind of like meeting um, different variations of cats oh, okay. or dogs. So, so I'll tell you how, how, how bizarre it is to hear you say that. A couple of weeks ago, I took the girls camping, and, and Nina, for her nighttime story, brought a, a book in which you um, had to identify Pokemon. You had to find them um, on these pages, like like Where's Waldo mm-hmm. sort of thing, except they were all versions of Eevee, and they included a psychic Eevee and a dark Eevee and an ice Eevee. And... So Eevee's an unusual Pokemon in this particular regard because Eevee, since Generation 1, has always had three different versions it can evolve into. And it's always, it, so it was able to evolve into a, a Flareon, a Jolteon, and an Iceon, or I think that's one of the names. So it's a, so fire, water, and electricity. But oh, and but as every generation has continued, they've continued to add new versions to Eevee. So they've added a, a, a psychic version and a dark version of Eevee. Uh, they've added a, a grass version of Pokemon, of Eevee, uh, and then an ice one. Um, or this or, was 12 pages of versions of Eevee. Yes, there's, and, there's and, and for the various types of Eevees that exist. And what was interesting about was in each of the um, the the places where Eevee appeared, you had to find Eevee on the page, but then you also had to find four other Pokemon that would be natural on that page mm-hmm. um, amidst a, a, just a swarm. A sea of other things. Yeah, and... Um, and uh, you know, and Nina liked the book because, of course, she knew where all of them were, so she could she could find them all before me, and so she she won. Um, but uh, self defeating game. It's self defeating game. But I mean, the storyline of it was a sim- you know one paragraph per page. But um, but I hadn't realized that um, you know, and these were evolutions of Eevee where where they get all the very they become they, very they become more colorful and more exotic and exotic and and, and, and detailed and mm-hmm. all this yep. stuff. Um, uh, but it was, um, it was fascinating because I hadn't realized there were so many forms of, of, of Eevee. Yeah. Yeah. And so now there's, so now there's a, a little bit of that with, um, some of the newer Pokemon that are coming out, especially for, uh, the most recent version Sword and Shield. So some of the Pokemon, um, now have different, a little bit different looks to them because they have different, uh, they're now associated with different types of Pokemon, um. Or different different um, elements of Pokemon. So that's another thing of Pokemon really is that the Pokemon have uh, different attributes or affinities or what they know as types of Pokemon. So you right. have a fire Pokemon, water Pokemon, plant Pokemon, or, or grass as they call them, uh, flying, psychic, dark, poison. They have wide variety, and all these different varieties of Pokemon have um, different types. Playing this very, very elaborate game of rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> uh, so um, there is a literal chart that shows if you are this Pokemon, if your Pokemon is electric, what is it good against and what is it bad against? So electric Pokemon are great against water Pokemon because they shock a water Pokemon. Yeah. And they're great against flying Pokemon because Pokemon fly in the air and lightning bolts can hit birds but it's not good against ground type pokemon because because you're on the ground the electricity doesn't harm them because they just channel it through the ground and they're not good against they're grounded yes and precisely <laughs> again yeah, you see the joke there yeah yeah no no no, no i i get it i'm current and so and then oh uh, come on you miss that okay I, I, now i see it okay so 
so as and they're not good in electric are not good against rock type Pokemon as an example. Um, and to have a quick tangent here, my favorite series of Pokemon is a is a psychic Pokemon, whose first one is called Abra. Um, I know Abra. And then the next one is Kadabra, and then the last one is Alakazam. <laughs> that's cute. So that's the evolution. So it starts as an Abra, can then evolve to a Kadabra, and then evolves into an Alakazam. And the the when it becomes a Kazam, it starts carrying a spoon with it that's bent. Oh, it's it mentally based in a psychic Pokemon. Psycho Pokemon. And then when it gets to Alakazam, it's carrying two spoons. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, so each one of these different affinities is meant to be this elaborate game of rock, paper, scissor. You actually play this initial rock, paper, scissor when you first actually start the game in most traditional games because you start with either the option of a a uh, grass Pokemon, a fire Pokemon, or a water Pokemon. It's, it's kind of the trifecta of Pokemon types right there. So fire beats grass, grass beats water, water beats fire. Okay, so, so I see like... How that's I, a rock, paper, scissors. Scissors come... Okay, so I, I, I totally like that. Um, you know, when you, play, when you play against somebody, you do play tactically because they have different attacks that they can use. Yeah, so Pokemon have Pokemon in the game have up to four different attacks they can use at any given time. Now you'll learn other abilities over time, and so in some cases you might learn uh, Bubble, but you might later learn Water Gun, and Water Gun is a better ability than Bubble initially. So you might replace that. Um, some people have different strategies regarding their Pokemon. So sometimes you might, if you have a an element based Pokemon like a Grass or Fire or Water. You might only have those kind of uh, abilities on your Pokemon. Some Pokemon um, have abilities that are not uh, harmful, but they are uh, disruptive. So you might have a Pokemon that has um, a Sandstorm or has like Sand Kick, and what that does is it lower. It basically throws sand in the enemy Pokemon's eyes, so they can't. So it reduces their wait, chance. Wait, to hit there you. was one that just just gave out vibrations. So there's some that. Um, can shake the earth. There's other ones yeah. that can put, uh, that can paralysis, that can uh, do what they call paralysis on a Pokemon, which basically says, oh, they're paralyzed, they can't do anything, or puts them to sleep. There's nothing they can do at all. And so, different kind of stats for some people. Well, what does Snorlax do? Uh, Snorlax is a normal Pokemon. It's well known for its high HP. Um, there's a kind of a universal normal attack called uh, Ultra Beam, which some Pokemon can learn. It's usually the, usually the bigger Pokemon and also a lot more Dragon-based Pokemon. But most Pokemon, a normal-type Pokemon, have the ability to learn it at some point. Um, Snorlax is an example, which is a giant, giant, like, navy blue kind of gunmetal gun blue. Let's go with gunmetal blue. Okay. A uh, bear that sleeps everywhere and blocks the path of other of people. Yeah, he's in the way. Yeah, it famously, well, there's a there's a stuffed animal you can get for like three or four hundred dollars. That's like the size of a of an oversized beanbag. It look it's kind of cool. I'd get one, but where on earth would I we put, put it? Yeah, yeah, that's my only that's the only thing stopping me. Yeah, unless I can mount it on the wall like a rug. It would be a really weird rug because yeah. it's a giant beanbag. Yeah. Um, but it's not a beanbag. It's all, it's all fluff. fluff. Yeah. It's, it's very cool. Um, but no, yeah, so it's a normal type Pokemon. And normal type Pokemon are one of the weird things because they're not good against anything, but they're also not 
bad against anything either. Yeah. They're normal. Yeah. Um, so some Pokemon might start as a normal and then evolve to uh, something else. So as an example, uh, Charizard, who is a fire Pokemon, eventually evolves into a flying fire Pokemon. And then la- other versions have him as a dragon Pokemon. So um, so they can get new abilities over time. and So there's a strategy in, involved in deciding how you what abilities you have on your Pokemon at the end of the day. Yeah. And so me, for example, I always carry... I always have at least one physical base attack on a Pokemon. Because if I'm in a disadvantage as far as elemental types, at least I can kind of maybe fall back on the physical type to do some damage before they faint yeah. and pass out. So there's a tactic evolve in the game. Um, Pokemon trainers, as a result, can only carry six Pokemon with them at a time. Everything else is sent to a... Well, if they're pocket pocket monsters, you have six pockets. Um, what they do is they actually kind of hang off your belts. Oh, so some, so, okay. so different, I think so, I have seen that. So yeah, so um, depending on how they work, they kind of like work like Velcro, where like you can stick them onto anything or um, or like uh, post-it notes almost. Yeah. So you can kind of just kind of stick them to somewhere. They'll stay there forever. They won't fall off easily unless you physically grab it and then turn it from the golf ball size it is into the actual like softball size. Okay. And launch it, and then it kind of you can shrink it back and you have it go back on to like wherever you had it. Yeah. So like Ash's example kept his on his, uh, on his belt. Other people um, keep it on like their arms. You'll see different trainers who have it. In I've different seen places. it on a messenger bag strap. Yeah. So on yeah. like messenger bag straps or like a a bandolier almost a Pokemon yeah. balls, which is yeah. kind of funny, I think. Yeah. Um. So let's talk that is, about that's kind of a cute concept. Absolutely. Let's talk about some of the games. Okay. So we kind of talked about the first one here, which was uh, Pokemon Red and, uh, Red, and, Red and Green, which is the original Japanese version. Um, when it came out with the director's cut, known as what they call the blue version, that's the version we got here in the West, because the full 151 Pokemon. Um, it got translated. Initially, it wasn't, it wasn't going to come to the West because they thought Americans wouldn't be able to um, appreciate the notion of collecting bugs and... Or monsters in this particular case, um, only if they knew. Yeah. Um, and so, um, when we got it here in America, we came out with red and blue. At this point, um, I think because America being more red and blue kind of themed, yeah. I think worked better for it in that particular regard. Um, it also came out with a director, another director's cut called Pokemon Yellow, and Pokemon Yellow was, again, oddly enough, meant to follow the anime where you would, instead of getting either a uh, Bulbasaur, Squirtle, or a um, Charizard in the beginning um, of the of the game, you actually got a Pikachu instead. And so the Pikachu would actually follow you around in the game, just hovering right behind you, much like he did in the original anime. Yeah. Which is, again, kind of funny because it's, an, it's a game based off the anime, which the anime is based off the original game. So the meta. <laughs> again, cute. the meta of yeah. it all. Um, which again, what's kind of interesting about Pokemon is that they all take place in different, what's somewhat real world locations. And so in yeah. our case, um, the first set of games actually take place in the Kanto region, which is um, what they call the Kanto region, which is, which is actually um, the similar Kanto region of Japan, which is where Tokyo and some of the other places are. Yeah. And so, we, and so that's where we were at one point. Um, 
So generation although, one. I th- although I thought it, I thought it originated in Osaka as opposed to Tokyo. Uh, no, no. So Nintendo itself originates in Kyoto. That's right. Okay. Uh, That's but the original series of game, the original series of games took place in the Kanto region, which is similar to uh, Tokyo and the surrounding pre- prefectures around okay. it. Okay. Um, and so, what's interesting about Pokemon is that during the time frame that that Pokemon generation exists, only those Pokemon exist. And so, if you were to go out to other media, so again, Pokemon's had other video games, it's had other animes. You won't see other Pokemon from that are not included in that generation. There's a few minor exceptions that maybe a Pokemon from the new upcoming generation shows up for as a, like a cameo or shows up for a small bit of time, but during that period of time, only those Pokemon exist, and so they don't. Um, there's so not no, no crossover. There's not a lot of cross, um, not necessarily crossover, but so much as that every franchise in in the Pokemon uh, mer- franchise exists of those Pokemon at any given time. So if you're so if we were in generation one between 1996 and 1999, we could expect to see just those Pokemon out there. Just those 151. So yeah. So but when we get to generation two in 1999 through 2002, um, originally on the so again the original Pokemon came out on the Game Boy. It came out kind of at an interesting point because the Game Boy itself came out in 1991. It was actually becoming not that popular, but what? But with the advent of Pokemon, it just exploded in popularity, which is why it's probably, which is why it's one of the most uh, widest selling video game consoles outside of the PlayStation Two. PlayStation Two is the most. Does uh, it still exist? Uh, the Game Boy. Yeah. Um, kind of replaced by the Switch. Um, it actually got replaced by the th- by the DS. Okay. So, um, so the Nintendo DS kind of replaced the Game Boy. A lot of Game Boy games originally could play still on the original DS, but they've uh, since removed that backwards function now. Okay. Um, and so now you can only play uh, DS games on DS, and um, the Switch is now probably going to replace the Nintendo DS at some point, if it hasn't kind of already. Okay. Um, the games are literally smaller than what you would get for the DS, and um, the Game Boy and the Nintendo Switch is about as portable as you can possibly get, while still being um, a, a full uh, console. But fits it in women's clutch. That's all I care. Yeah, it yeah. does. Yeah. Um, so Generation Two um, took place in what they call the Johto region, and the Johto region region itself is uh, basically um, the area that we were in, which is the Kansai area. So remember, we flew into Kansai Airport. Yeah. yeah. So that's Osaka and Kyoto primarily. Okay. Um, I think a little bit also of uh, Nagosa as well, mm-hmm. um, but that's kind of where that was. Um, what was interesting about the Generation Two is that it added more Pokemon, so it added a hundred new Pokemon to the series. Um, it had new evolutions for some Pokemon that didn't have evolutions beforehand. Um, it also introduced what it also introduced a day and night cycle. So there was a battery in the cartridge that told you what time of day it was. So you would say oh, it is 8 a.m. in the morning right now. So depending on when you played the game, much like in Animal Crossing, it only some Pokemon would come out at nighttime versus the daytime. Yeah. Um, which was kind of a really cool feature at the time because it was like, oh, so now i got to play it in the morning and during the daytime. It and forces I play you, it night- yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to get Celestia during the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, unlike, not unlike Animal Crossing. Yeah. Um, let's see here. What was also interesting about this version of the game as well is that when you finish the the Johto region, you could actually travel back to the Kanto region, which hadn't been known as the Kanto region yet, and you can replay through the events of the first game 
but you had kind of the ability to go anywhere you wanted. So if you wanted to go battle the gym leaders in a different order, you could if you wanted to. Third generation, uh, when it came out in 2002 and 2006, through 2006, uh, debuted on the Game Boy Advance. Now, the Game Boy Advance was a uh, beefier, full-color version of the Game Boy Color. Uh, oh, I forgot to mention. So, in Generation 2, the Pokemon games were known as Gold and Silver. And they had a... I it, do remember that. Yes, yeah, so a Gold and Silver. And then there was a director's cut known as Crystal. Yeah. Um, and they've had a director's cut for most games um, for quite a while here and now. Um, they've come in different forms, but they've always been kind of a cool director's cut. Uh, when we get to uh, the third generation, this is on the Game Boy Advance. This is Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire. Uh, yeah, this is what I remember is Ruby and Sapphire. Ruby and Sapphire. And then they had uh, the director's cut, which was Emerald. Yeah. So you had kind of a red, blue, green theme going on. Um, they added a hundred. Uh, they added another... Uh, 130 some odd Pokemon, so we went up to 386 Pokemon. Um, they also, this was the first generation in which they redid and remade the first set of games. So you had Fire Red and Leaf Green, so they remade the first Pokemon games. Um, what was interesting about the second generation is that you could connect with the first generation to trade Pokemon with. Oh. So what you would do is if you had good Pokemon in the first game, you Already tra- trained up. You could trade it. You could trade them with yourself and get put them in your new game. Uh, third generation didn't allow that um, because of the way the architecture worked, um, and so you couldn't trade with older versions of the game anymore. But they came out with Fire Red and Leaf Green, so that way you could play those games and then transfer those Generation One Pokemon over to your over to your other game, and then at the same time you could take your uh, Ruby and Sapphire Emerald Pokemon and transfer them over to Fire Red and Leaf Green. So you could have a full Pokedex if you wanted to, or if you wanted to battle around with Pokemon that are not from the area, you could do that too. Um, and the remakes are very are fairly faithful as well. Uh, the third generation, um, unfortunately, didn't did away with the day and night cycle. Um, there was a battery issue element that was not compatible with the original Game Boy Advance games. Um, so it wasn't able to do the day and night cycle like they did before. Uh, but what they did do is they introduced a two-on-two battle. So most Pokemon games have a one-on-one battle for the right. most part. But the third generation introduced two-on-two battles. So you would put out two Pokemon and the enemy would put out two Pokemon as well. Interesting. Yeah, so you could have uh, a two-on-two battle essentially. Now, as a side question... The animation does the animation keep up with the with the yes so okay. the, the anime does keep up with uh, with the games as well sometimes uh, I think in the anime's case here when it started in ninety seven the games came out in Japan in ninety nine so I don't think it was until a couple months or half a year later that they transitioned into the new material uh, they certainly dropped hints about it in um, the original Pokemon Mo- two thousand movie as well as the anime they had a one of the second generation Pokemon there in the um, anime for a while, but they eventually transitioned over to the new game and they do that consistently where they'll um, move over into the new region. Sometimes they might replace a character in between then, Um, but they've always moved over to the new, new region typically um, after a couple months or a, or a year, even in some cases, depending on what's depending on what's going on. Yeah. Um, I think more as a more recent as um, Sun and Moon is that, uh, about a couple months later, after the games came out, I think is, is there is was their aim. 
Um, so that was kind of an interesting element of Generation 3, which was not the case for later elements as well. Um, the game, so in Generation 3, the, the region that we play in is known as the Hoenn region, uh, which is meant to be similar to the Japan's Kyushu Islands, um, which are uh, a somewhat southern island for Japan. Right, yeah. Um, so Generation 4, we have um, officially debuting on the DS. Now, the DS is a, is a Game Boy that basically has two screens on it. Um, and so the top screen would have all your Pokemon battles and stuff on it. And the lower screen would be where you selected what abilities you would use or what stuff you would use in the That's, meantime. That seems like pretty convenient. Yeah, so it gave a so you could see all the battling happening on the top, yeah. and you would decide what would happen on the touchscreen bottom. So it made it very easy to be like, oh, I want to fight, and I want to use this ability here. And yeah. everything's a lot bigger as well, so it's easier to see. Um, so fourth generation here, known as Diamond and Pearl, um, with the director's cut version being known as Platinum. I still think platinum should have been for like gold and silver though, gold, silver, platinum, yeah. and then yeah, I think it makes sense. diamond, pearl, crystal. I think kind yeah. of matches up a little bit yeah. more. Uh, but again, I don't think they knew what their naming schemes were going to be years in advance, so I can't blame them on that. Um, the return of the day and night cycle came back, so you had the day and night Pokemon. Um, this was also the first game to start introducing 3D as well, um, and so part of the of the world uh, of the overworld. So the way the game works is that you play in an overworld. Mm-hmm. When you get to the Pokemon battles, it jumps down into like this um, small like little scene Zoom, box. So zooms in. Zooms into the little arena sort of area. So if you're in a forest, it's like this little foresty sort of arena. Or if you're in like a tall grass area, it's this little clearing in the tall grass that you fight in. Um, but you always take place in this kind of overworld where you kind of look down onto your character as they walk around this kind of grid-based world for the most yeah. part. Um what was interesting about the DS was that because the D- Nintendo DS had uh, Wi-Fi co- connectivity abilities to it, you can now be playing with somebody in the same network um, that could be in a completely different part of, the, of, a, of a building or house. So if I was in one bedroom of the house and somebody else was in another bedroom, we could be playing together uh, but still be in our own separate spaces. So network connectivity made a big difference in Pokemon. It also allowed a little bit more... Um, one of the things I liked about it was... I went to a convention one time, and I could see all these people to play with in a convention. They were all playing Pokemon at the same time, yeah. which was really cool. So I could see what other people were doing, and I could see what people had different Pokemon. Really cool advent for that. Well, what I think is nice is then you can play somebody you know. Well, or play people you don't know specifically. Oh, that's true. Okay. Because there was a lot of people there where you would be... Um, I will admit that the convention setting made it a little difficult to trade and battle with people because there's so many people on the network. Yeah. Um, which is a way, a lot of the time for conventions nowadays, too. Um, you go to a convention and the, there's so much Wi-Fi and so much um, internet traffic going on that if you wanted to update like a Twitter or a Facebook or an Instagram, like you were better off waiting until you left the convention hall to and do And went that. back to the hotel, yeah. Or, or even just once you left out, went outside. There was just so many people. Um, in this particular case, the Generation 4 also released uh, Heart Gold and Soul Silver, so remakes of the Generation 2 games. Oh. And so, um, and this would be a tactic that would happen fairly frequently in the Pokemon games, where they, they especially with the newer generations, they were re-releasing older games. And this, again, so you could trade up or so cross-trade? Cross uh, partly so you could cross-trade in a lot of cases, because, again, 
Soul Silver and Heart Gold um, had both regions of Kanto and Johto in it, so you could get the first and second generation Pokemon. Um, but keep in mind that not all Pokemon were limited to just the generations that they're in. So like fourth generation still had Pidgeys from the first generation and other, and like Pikachu, which are very common Pokemon to come across. Um, but they may not have certain, uh, not all the first generation Pokemon. Okay. So like if you were looking for like a... Like so you a, don't get all 151, you might get the top 50. Oh, no, no. You, in theory, you could catch every single Pokemon. Right. It's just that naturally, if you just played the game and caught every Pokemon that was in the game, you'd have a Pokedex instead of like three, uh, instead of in this case, 493 Pokemon, you'd probably have a collection that's more around like the 280 or 290 range. Okay. And then the intention was for you to go out and trade with other people so you could collect the rest of them. Okay. Um, and I think Heart Gold and Soul Silver gave you the ability to collect all the other ones you didn't have. So now, how are you trading with other people? You're using using Wi-Fi to 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 trade with other people. Yes. Yeah, so the Nintendo Locally? DS uh, didn't require the link. So originally, Game Boy had what was called the link cable. It wasn't a popular accessory uh, in the beginning it's of clumsy. Nintendo. Yeah. Um, mostly because you never really expected another person to come across another game with a Game Boy, typically. Or if you did, they had to have the exact same copy of another game you had. So if you, so the one few examples of this might have been Tetris. So unless you had a link cable and you both had Tetris, then you could play Tetris against each other. Yeah. Um, but it was not common for people to have. There was not a lot of commonality for mobile games at the time to have um, connectivity with other games until Pokemon. And Pokemon really did take advantage of it because, especially in Generation 1, you could assume, oh, if you have red or I have green or I have blue, then those two games are compatible with one another. You could, If you had a link cable, you could fight with one another. So it made it more um, likely that you would be able to use the link cable. Otherwise, before it was useful for some games, but not a great majority of them. Okay. Um, and with the Nintendo, D and that was true of Generations 1, 2, and 3, with the rise of Nintendo DS because of its uh, network capability and Wi-Fi ability, you had that much easier about, you didn't have to connect them through a physical cable. You could just be, you could be on that side of the room and I could be on this side of the room and we, our Nintendos would, our DSs would never have to be connected at all to do it. Okay. And the, this particular region here was known as the Sinon region. Um, it's also, uh, is meant to represent the Hokkaido region of Japan. If you've ever looked at a map of Japan, there's kind of this, it kind of looks like a dragon almost. Mm -hmm. This would be the very top portion of Japan where it's kind of the head of the dragon. Yeah. So Japanese islands kind of look like this dragon at the end of the day, which is kind of why it's a motif in a lot of their stuff, I think. Generation 5 is a weird generation. <laughs> um, mostly because it's Pokemon games that are Pokemon black and white. And instead of having a remake, they had Pokemon, they had Black 2 and White 2. Uh, what was unique kind of about uh, Pokemon Black and White here to so the fifth generation, one of the first ones is, is that it's the only generation to add the most Pokemon at one single time. So other games had maybe 100, 130, uh, maybe just 90 Pokemon or 70 some odd Pokemon that get added. Um, generation 5 had 156 Pokemon, so it's the most populous growth to the Pokemon library and Pokedex at the time. Okay, so let's back up a bit, because the, the, the games are coming out in tandem. Mm -hmm. So the difference between the games is the region you're playing in? Um, so the generation is the difference. Um, the major difference between the two games is that 
the red version versus the blue version might have different Pokemon in them. Okay. So the red one might have only... So same regions, but different Pokemon. Yeah, different different Pokemon in each. How, and, and did you know before you bought which... So you so you knew you were buying red or you knew you were buying blue. Mm-hmm. And... Um, in the early days, you didn't really know that was the, truly the case. Or you didn't know which ones were which. Okay. So again, back in red versus blue, we were just, you know, we were just excited about the idea that, oh, there's two versions of the game. There must be a difference between the two versions of the game. There wasn't. Um, the the only real major difference between the games was that what Pokemon were on each one. Okay. And the difference of those Pokemon were about fifteen Pokemon. Okay. And and is, and is some of that is some of that a limit in memory or or I mean, what's causing them not to just include all of them? So that you trade. So that you trade. So, so to force to force the. And that okay. that was actually um, uh, Miyamoto-san's. Uh, so. Um, Miyamoto's the guy who did Mario and is basically the creative yeah. director for Nintendo. It was his idea. He, he kind of echoed and in, in seconded the idea when the original Pokemon were coming out. Oh, make two games and only limit some Pokemon with others. So you force people to trade with one another. Okay, so then, the that, so then what's the director's cut when you get that? Um, again, it's similar where it limits the amount of Pokemon you get, so you still have to trade with other people. But maybe some of the Pokemon you could only gotten in like blue or some of the Pokemon you can only get in red, some of them were there in yellow. Okay. So you would still have to find somebody with a red or blue version to trade with them. Okay. And it wasn't uncommon for people to uh, play both games by themselves and then trade to get Amongst the po- themselves, yeah, okay. Yeah, trade amongst themselves with like an older Game Boy and a newer Game Boy maybe. Okay. So, um, so the other, so what again, what's also interesting about um, Generation f- 5 is that it's the first generation to not make new, to not do a remake of previous generations, so the next one. So would new have been, architecture, but but no no backwards. Well, it's not not so much backwards because again, um, the games haven't been backwards compatible since the second generation. Okay. Um, with the intention that like if you had Pokemon from Generation One, you could trade them to Generation Two. Okay. But you couldn't trade trade Generation Two Pokemon to Generation One. Got it. Got um, it. The. The intent of being able to go backwards compatible with other versions is what necessitated them to make Fire Red, Leaf Green, and then Heart Silver or Soul Silver yeah. and, and Heart Gold, um, so that you could trade with older versions to get those Pokemon up. Yeah. And you couldn't go from you. You couldn't take them down, but you could take them up. Yeah. Got it. So, um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a good example of that um, to explain it maybe a little bit better. Um, yeah. I have, the, I have the main concept. Okay. All right. Um, so Gener- Generation 5 is interesting because rather than having a director's cut of the games, like instead of just having one director's cut like they've had the last few games with uh, Platinum, Emerald, Yellow, and Crystal, uh, if you played the first black or white game, which is the exact same story, just different Pokemon missing from each, you could get white 2 or black 2 and you would actually continue the story, but as oh. a new trainer. So okay. like the, so like the story went from like A to B, and then at the B point there went, it went from B to C in the second game. But you were just a new character being introduced at part B, but till still continuing the story essentially, okay. um, which is kind of a unique sort of element as well because it was not uh, seen before. Where you know if you beat the original game, it wasn't expected that you would buy another game to start all over, but to continue the story at the end of the day, which is yeah. kind of a unique idea. Yeah. Um, they'd revisit that again um, a little bit later in um, a later version of the game, a later generation of the game. 
Um, Generation Five is also the first time in which the region that they play that the that it's based off of is not Japan. Oh, where is it? New York City. Oh, that's kind of cool. So the main so there's a main hub city, and then there's um, that's kind of along the coast, and then there's a plethora of other areas around that. So there's New is, Rochelle. Yeah, so kind of meant to be more like New York State, with New York City as the main focal point or the main emphasis and uh, direction for the game. Okay. Uh, Generation six, we get to still on. We're now on the Nintendo 3DS. Um, it's also the first time in which the Pokemon are fully 3D models. Before that, they've always been 2D pixelated sprites, but now they are fully rendered 3D models. Um, that's a big. That's a big step up. Yeah, and, and considering well that there's by the time we get to Generation <laughs> six, there's 721 Pokemon that they've had to model and make. I know, right? And they did all of them. Um, so Generation 6 is kind of fun in that particular regard. Uh, Generation 6 also adds um, a new fourth evolution, almost. Um, so most Pokemon only have three evolutions. So a Charizard evolves into a Charmeleon and then it evolves into a Charizard. Right. So, um, or Charmander, excuse me, Charmeleon yeah. and Charizard. So it... If a Pokemon's going to evolve, it only evolves twice and it has a third final form. Yeah. Uh, but Pokemon uh, Generation 6, which was um, known as X and Y, um, and then also they redid, They also redid Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, so they remade other games as well. Um, it had another evolution called a Mega Evolution. Okay, can we go back here? So so we have, we have now the 3D Pokemon. Could you still... And and I've, I've found a different way of explaining what I what I was asking it is you can go forwards you can't go backwards yes yeah so um, are you still able to push your your older ones forward into no. this okay no yeah so once generation three hit you couldn't connect uh, generation one or two games to a generation three game so you couldn't connect to older right. games so if you right. had the best bestest Pokemon in generation two you couldn't take them with you to generation three. And that's been the case for Generation 4. You couldn't take 3 to 4. Okay. You can't take 4 right. to 5, and you can't take 5 so to I, 6. I misunderstood. Okay. Yeah, yeah. so uh, that was my little brain fart trying to find a good way to explain that. Yeah. Um, Got so, it. Yeah, so Generation 6 introduces um, this mega form of, po- of evolution. It's a short-term evolution where the Pokemon turns back into their original form. But So you might have a, a Charizard might turn into a mega evolved Charizard. So instead of being this bright red, it turns like black with red wings and looks more uh, doesn't look more evil necessarily um but looks more formidable formidable there we go yeah i like that one um so that was an interesting thing there they also introduced but then how how long does it stay in that form if it goes back just for that battle just for that battle okay so uh and often just for that fight in a lot of cases too so if the pokemon the other opponent pokemon faints or you take the pokemon back it would generally turn back to its original form Okay. And you can only do that with one Pokemon in your inventory, and not all Pokemon would even be able to do that originally. Not everybody had the ability. Okay. Yeah, so only certain key Pokemon. Okay. Um, six also uh, was the first time to introduce um, what they would later known as the Pokemon Bank. And so the Pokemon Bank was the way they got around transferring from older versions. So the Pokemon Bank was this notion that you'd pay a small fee to to put your Pokemon into a cloud storage. And so when you got to later generations, like seven or eight, 
you could go to the Pokemon Bank and you could take the you can put your Pokemon in the bank and then take them back out in later generations. Okay, so is the bank a cloud? Bank would be cloud storage. Okay, so um, it was an extra fee that you had to pay to do it. I don't think it was all that expensive, but the notion was that you could put your Pokemon in the cloud, and then when you got to a new game, you could bring them back down from the cloud to to be in that game again. Okay, so I pay I pay Pokemon a small monthly fee. Yes. Would that include that cloud? Yes, that would be that cloud. Okay. Um, I never took advantage of it because it was not because again once I finish the games I usually move on from them. Um, there's a lot of people who continue playing the games even after they're done. If too. you were really fond. If you were really yeah. fond of them, yeah. I mean, like those first games, I, I I really did finish the entire 151 Pokedex. Yeah. It took a while to do it. Yeah. Um, and I also finished the 251 uh, 251 Pokedex as well. But after that, I didn't. Okay. Because once I beat the game, I was like, okay, let's move on to the next thing. Yeah. Which is a fair thing. Yeah. Um, the sixth version of the game takes place in with 100, 200, with again, 721 Pokemon. Okay. Um, it takes place in the Kalos region, which is heavily influenced by French, but also the Europe, the greater European area as well. Cool. So, yeah, so um, even the maps kind of look like the regions they're based off. So the Kalos region looks a lot like Europe. Gener- fun. Generation 7 um, is the Hawaiian Pokemon version. Um, Generation 7, which is known as Sun and Moon, or Ultra Sun and Moon, and also Pokemon Let's Go, uh-huh. Eevee and Pikachu. Um, it ra- it didn't raise the po- it only raised the Pokemon by about another by about another eighty some odd Pokemon here, but they introduced a lot of Pokemon with varying versions. So again, so. Um, and this is where you get Eevee that can go all sorts of ways? Oh, no. Eevee was able to do this since the beginning. Oh, okay. But, Eevee, but every generation Z new forms that Eevee could turn into. Okay. So in the original, there was only three. Then there was five in this, in this next generation. Then there was seven. And there was uh, eight in the next. And so so they, keep, yeah. they slowly add on to it. Okay. Uh, but generation seven had, uh, as an example, Vulpix is a fire fox Pokemon that turns into uh, Ninetales, which is also a fire Pokemon. But in the Aloha versions of the of those Pokemon, it was an ice Pokemon. So Vulpix was an ice Pokemon that turned into this ice version of a Ninetales. So it had a so it had this different kind of look and sheen to it. So like the original one had this um, reddish sort of pinkish sheen yeah. and hue to it, where the ice version has this more bluer, purpler sheen to it. I guess is the best way to describe that. Um, uh, so the Aloha version is um, based off of the Hawaiian Islands, so um, the, the region is the Aloha region. Um, it's also it was available for the Nintendo 3DS, um, but during this generation as well um, is where we get Pokemon Let's Go e Pikachu and Eevee, which was the remakes of the original Red and Blue or Red and Green or the original right. broad color schemes originally. Yeah. Um, with the the 97 versions. The 97 versions um, with the. Pokemon let's uh, with the Pokemon Go aesthetic of the uh, the way the game plays, a lot more casual, not quite so um, demanding, very low key at the end of the day, um, but also a very good way. So if you had some, but if you had um, a younger kid playing, that it was much more easier for them to play it as well because you weren't trying to um, worry about stra- strategy and elements. In a lot of cases, you were just worrying in with the Pokemon. You were just able to throw a ball and catch Pokemon. Because that's the majority of what you do in the game. You just throw balls and catch Pokemon. 
And you go to places to do it. Yes. Okay. So you travel through a nice place. Okay. So so a, a couple couple questions. Yes. First, the first one is overriding, and and that's that that um, I think games like like um, Sonic and Mario and and Pokemon give you a chance to see how gameplay has changed over a period of twenty plus years, right? Um, I think it's uh, definitely in Mario and Sonic. What's interesting about Pokemon is that its gameplay hasn't changed at all. But you just said it had. Um, you just for, said for, it's... For Pokemon Let's Go Eevee and Pikachu. They, they've tried something different and new. Okay. So so I guess in in, in looking at... The, because it's part of this series. Looking mm -hmm. at how these games evolve, do you find that it, it, it follows... Um, sort of cultural changes in that in that we have become a less formalized society as a whole i mean culturally we've we've become um you know you so so i guess the the one that sticks out for me is is the you used to have a separate dining room in your house when yes. i grew up you had a separate dining room from the area that you dined in off your kitchen yes Okay, so think of Grandma's house. It had a, a dining room. It, it had a dining room, but then it also had kind of a kitchenette sort of area that you ate, ate breakfast and lunch and dinner in. But yeah. you had a, a formal dining, dining, room. dining room. Okay. Um, and, and the advent of, you know, living rooms. Mark just bought a new house, and it has no living room. It has a large... It has, like, this large great room almost. Right. Okay, so so we've become... And, and to me, that's a, a sign that we've become more casual as a society. Mm-hmm. Um, do you find that gaming has, has sort of embraced some of that as well, where it has less rules or less um, structure? Um, kind of a yes and kind of a no. Um, a great example of that being the Pokemon series um, is that what's interesting about Pokemon is that the exact same version of the game of, from, from the way they fight and the way the battling system yeah. and how all the mechanics works even in the most newest version, the Generation 8 with Sword and Shield, it's pretty much the exact same when you go back to Red and Blue. One of the interesting things about it is that they've added a lot more bells and whistles to it to make it more intriguing and interesting to play. Um, and so there's um, the element of, instead of doing battles, you can do competitions with talent shows and dress up and looking how, in, in like dog show kind of elements. So, which to up. me is very different for from what I understood this game to be. You have those options to do it. Right. The main mechanic though is mostly battling, but you have these alternate sort of things you can do. Okay. Um, and even I think Black and White also offered the ability to do movies as well with the Pokemon, which I think is kind of cool, and do music as well. So you have new ways to play, and I think especially um, games like Mario have really tested what you do in the game. Um, by evolving the original mechanics to make them more interesting with each iteration. So, as an example, um, if you go back to the first game in Super Mario Brothers, Mario is all about just jumping and, and jumping on blocks. Yeah. Um, as you go to later games, um, we get to like uh, the Nintendo. When we get to the original Nintendo 64, Mario is very much about jumping, but now he has like a triple jump, and it's this really cool thing when you do. Uh, but he also has a lot more jumps where, like, if he slides, he can jump backwards. Or if he crouches, he does kind of a cool uh, triple-axle somersault sort of thing. So it's an evol evolution of the original mechanics. Um, but it's the same basic idea that you hop on people to, to defeat them. 
um, and later games in the Mario series um, do kind of keep this original kind of element from Nintendo 64, where Mario jumps and hops, uh, but maybe, uh, as an example, the Nintendo Switch, he throws his cap to defeat enemies more often than bouncing on them in some cases. Or okay. so he's um, added skill sets. He's, he's evolved skill yeah, sets. Yes, so you get a lot more skill sets. And even in his, as a as a tangent to this, uh, World of Warcraft has a lot of mechanics that get added on top of it every single season, every single time a new uh, version of the game comes out. Beyond just having, so the, the original version of World of Warcraft had um, this talent tree where you kind of added points every level to get down to the very end of the tree, which had these really, really great abilities on it. Um, and then later iterations of the games kind of evolved that to say, oh, you, now at this point you get, every couple 15 levels, you get a cool new ability that kind of is tailored to your gameplay style, rather than designing your gameplay style as it is a different way. But also okay. adding... So games, I think, for the most part, um, are, are a constant attempt to try to evolve to get, to get cooler and better. I think the only one that really hasn't done a lot of changing um, might be Sonic the Hedgehog. Because if you look back at the core version of Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic the Hedgehog is basically spinning and dashing through stuff and going as fast as you can through the levels. And that's certainly a theme that translates into the 3D games as well, not as well necessarily. Yeah. Um, and certainly not in a lot of Sonic's other cases. But the best games are often the games which are this, just the 2D Mario, go from left to right, spin around, go through the level as fast as you can, collect as many rings as you can. Okay. Um, I think especially when it comes to... Uh, Pokemon, uh, they've added new, again, so there originally was like 13 types of Pokemon. There's now like set 19 types of Pokemon. So they've added stuff over the years and tried to expand the roster and the abilities of the game um, rather than trying to keep it, rather than trying to get more casual necessarily. Okay, um, so so is this version, is this the version that is po that, that I know as Pokemon Go where everybody, I mean, there were complaints. Everybody was flocking to places to try to collect Pokemon, and, and you would actually see people standing in Cesar Chavez Park. Oh, yeah, because it has like a dozen Pokemon stops around it. Yeah. If you do a lap around that thing, you can come back with like a dozen Pokemon stops. It's very... It, I mean, even maybe just, it, maybe I'll, I'll do that when I play, because... Well, so so in your version of the game... So Pokemon Go is an entirely separate thing. Oh, it's is not it? even okay. It's not even made by the Pokemon company. It's actually made by a company called Niantic, which um, had another game that was... Um, territory based but based off of AR uh, augmented reality as well so you would walk around in an area and you would tag a location the more people tag the location it became your area so you had like because a, yeah because Pokemon Go is is um, phone based it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's entirely based on the phone um, it's in partnership with the Pokemon company and Nintendo yeah it would um, have to be absolutely yeah um, and so you can you go around the town and you in a lot of landmarks and sort of um, landmarks and Starbucks. There's always a Pokemon stop at a Starbucks. Did you try to catch a Pokemon at that cold Starbucks in Kyoto? Uh, the one in Kyoto and the one in Osaka. Oh, very on, cool. On Dotenburi. So I did get Pokemon there. Okay. Um, or at least the stops give you more Pokeballs and give you like some medicine and some other yeah. stuff usually. Okay. Um, but there's gyms throughout the entire world as well. And so any so you have the option of being on like a red team, yellow team, or blue team um, as default. And so when you win the gym, other you can beat the other Pokemon that are on the gym, and then other people can add their Pokemon to the gym as well, and you can control it. Um, it gets to be really hectic to, at, at nerd conventions because the gyms change all the time. The gyms the gyms rarely stay 
um, as one ownership for more than a couple, more than an hour or two in some cases. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, because people are just fighting them and battling them all the time. Um, but Pokemon Go, again, is kind of a unique set of elements because there's a lot of spin-off games, and the Pokemon monsters have been in a lot of other games. We'll talk about that next week. Okay. Because because um, if I were to go into all the spin-offs, we'd be here for yeah. a while. Yeah. Um, the last... Um, so, again, yeah. So, the seventh generation takes place in... Um, in Hawaiian-based islands. Let's Go Eevee and Pikachu are kind of a um, an interesting take on the Pokemon series, which is what you'll be playing. Okay. Um, I, I wanted that game mostly because it plays on the Switch, and so it's something you're very familiar with. Yeah. Um, for me to go dig out the original game, my original Game Boys, um, to have you play it on that smaller screen, I think would be a little bit of detriment for you. Well, because I'm used to how this navigates. Yeah, you're very used to how, how this navigates, and I want to make it as easy as possible. Yeah. Um, I was trying to see if they had the older version of the games on the virtual console that you might be able to download, but not on the Switch yet. Okay. They had it available on um, the Wii U and the Wii, but not on the Switch. Okay. Um, and so the virtual console for Nintendo is this option that you can um, download games onto your Switch, uh, but you can download older games from Nintendo's massive, and I mean massive catalog of games. Um, and so you have the ability to download and play older games on the network, or, or to download older games and play them. So, like, yeah. I've typically always gotten, like, Super Mario Brothers because it's just a great game. Um, very time, very time good wasty. <laughs> it's um, all wasty. It is very much. Um, and so right now, the generation that we are in is known as the eighth generation. Um, so this is going to, so this is also the first time that most of the Pokemon games have always, the mainline Pokemon games have always been on mobile platforms. So it's always been on the the Game Boy, the Game Boy Advance, the Nintendo DS, the 3DS, which is a parallax sort of ability so you can see things in 3D. Um, the Switch now is for the games to be coming out on the Switch um, because they're moving away from this, um, from their 3D, I don't, I don't think they're actually moving away from the 3DS, but because the Switch is more mobile that they're doing that on mobile stuff now. Yeah. Um, on the Switch now, it's the first time the, the game's actually available on a mobile platform. So Sword and Shield takes is has is where we get to the 896 Pokemon, an absolutely baffling large number. Um, and so it's the first one to take full advantage of that. The game is in. Uh, what's interesting about this one here is that the other games had a um, what they call an isometric sort of view, so a top-down sort of view, yeah. but it's kind of slanted a little bit so it looks like you can see kind of around the world in 3d um this one takes place on the ground in a full 3d environment so while it has a map that you can move around it's not limited to um kind of a grid sort of uh, shape or design that other games were, were done aloha had a little bit of an experiment with this um but this one has you know you basically when you turn you turn your entire character look around Kind of like you did in World of Warcraft, almost. Yeah. So you kind of are just always with your character, just right behind them, staring at their back a lot. Yeah. Um, and so uh, it also had kind of a cool new mechanic um, where bushes of Pokemon might, you know, there might be Pokemon of interest right there. So if you go to the bushes, you can also, if you're just trying to get through, so uh, <laughs> the backtrack a little bit. Uh, Pokemon live in tall brush and bushes. Yes. Um, 
So if you're just walking through on a on a there are grass Pokemon that yeah all all Pokemon in the games live in these tall grass areas. So a lot of the times to navigate through the game, you have to go through the tall grass to get to them. And in most games, it was a random chance that you would have something um, attack you, so you could either fight it to get experience points, or something you were interested in catching to keep with your own collection. Yeah. Um, What they've done now um, in because they were doing it in, in Pokemon Let's Go Eevee and Pikachu, is that the grass kind of shakes when there's Pokemon there. Oh. And so sometimes you can... Some Pokemon are skittish, so if you try to go toward them, they will actually run away. Yeah. Um, as for some Pokemon, will if the, if you're walking through the bushes, they will come after you. And even in some cases, even if you move out of the bushes, they'll still come after you. That's different. So like if, so like if the Pokemon, like... And it's usually slightly more aggressive Pokemon, like wolves and foxes and um, it, it, that kind of thing that would normally come after you. But like yeah. you, more more predator, more predatory sort of animals might start coming after you. Where other Pokemon might be like, oh, humans, let's run away. And so you can walk slowly up to them and kind of surprise them and get the the jump on them. But if they get to you first and you're not intended to get to them, they get the they get the jump on you instead. So there's a cool kind of mechanic in that particular element, which is, again, you'll see that in Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, so you have the chance to kind of sneak up on them okay. to catch them. Um, the big thing with Generation 8, though, is an event that we co- that was dubbed Dexit. Now, um, one of the things that happened in Pokemon uh, Sword and Shield was that, um, rather than leasing, that rather than releasing 896 Pokemon that you could fill up your entire Pokedex with, with you're only actually limited to about 400 Pokemon in your Pokedex. Fair enough. So, I mean, 400's a lot. It's still a lot. Um, by comparison, though, um, there's some Pokemon that will not appear in Pokemon Sword and Shield that appeared in other games. So as an example, like when we went to Generation 7, they modeled every single Pokemon, and you could, in theory, catch every single Pokemon, but you really couldn't. Because not all the Pokemon were were always there, but all the Pokemon were modeled. In could the you table. trade? Could you trade and, and get them? With the Pokemon Bank, yes. So if you had the Pokemon Bank, you could download them into the game. Okay. But as an example here, um, uh, Ekans, which is a um, which is Snake backwards, uh-huh. so it's E K A N S versus uh-huh. Snake S N A K E. Yeah, it's a snake. It's a purple snake Pokemon, and it um, it has kind of a cobra evolutionary form, which na- um, name escapes me at the moment. Um, uh, uh, I want to say it's an Aardvark, but it's that's not it either. Um, it basically, it's like a it basically looks like a king cobra with the with the big fang, yeah. fanged out sort of thing. Yeah, um, it's not in the game at all in Sword and Shield. You can't catch it. And even if you have it in the Pokemon Bank from other versions, you can't transfer it over into the game because it, it doesn't exist in that game. Okay. So that is an example. So um, Pikachu is there, Charizard is there, but not Squirtle. Um, Blastoise, uh, not Squirtle in its evolutionary line. So there's a lot of those uh, Pokemon, which people are a lot of fan favorites of, that are not in the newer version. And... Um, one of the notions was that because everything is fully 3D'd in this game, that to create 900 individual models for every single Pokemon uh, would just be ridiculous up to a certain point. I'm looking up the evolution for Ekans. Oh, okay. 
It, You'll there, see it's a very cute purple Okay, book. there's a boot, Bulbapedia? Bulbapedia is the Wikipedia for... There's actually two different two different types of Wikipedias for Pokemon. Um, I forget what the other one is. So there's a there's, there's an official Pokemon Wikipedia, uh, but then there's also Bulbapedia. There's Bulb a gender ratio on Pokemon? So, so they're a bit of each? So, yeah, Generation 2 also offered gendered Pokemon as well, which has continued throughout the series. Um, so... Um, because you could mate the Pokemon together and create more Pokemon. Uh, the intention of mating Pokemon might be to get um, certain baby forms, which are only available through breeding, um, or to get certain Pokemon with uh, desired stats. Because Pokemon itself is a role-playing, is a RPG, so uh, stats are a big deal um, for, the for the game. It's not giving me the evolution, so it's just giving me... What who what Ekans is? Sorry. So there's a so there's a Pokemon uh Wiki, so there's a Pokemon Wikipedia that's more or less designed around the anime and um uh, art. Uh, here it is. So it's an Arbok. Oh wow! I like the eyes. Yeah. Pretty cool. So yeah. So it, it so it evolves into an Arbok. So um, there's a Pokemon Wikipedia that is um more representative of the games and the anime. Um, so it shows... Uh, so you There's can look, a Pokemon.com. So this Pokemon.com has its own Wikipedia itself. There, it has a Pokedex. Yes. Okay. Um, that's one's the official Pokedex of all the Pokemon. The official Pokedex, okay. Um, but they have... Uh, Bulbapedia, though, is more aligned with um, the... There's, of course, a fandom page. Yeah, so the fandom page is the one that has... Um, all the different uh, times you'll see different Pokemon. So, like, if you want to see how often, like, Bulbasaur pops up in different episodes or a rare Pokemon like Psyduck, how often do Psyducks appear? They would list you kind of all the Psyducks, or, like, if you wanted to find out about Misty's Psyduck, you could yeah. follow Misty's Psyduck on there. Um, or if you just looked up in Psyduck in general, it would tell you the basic information of what a Psyduck was. Um, and it would give you, like, oh, you could learn these moves, and this is where it's generally found in. Uh, Bulbapedia, though, um, which is the which is the one for the game, right. is very hardcore on like it gives you all the stats that the Pokemon could start. Oh, it with. tells you how, how long it takes to hatch. It shows you all the different sprite models that it has. I was surprised it has. It gives you a, a gender ratio. Yes, how often, how likely one gender over another. Okay, because because it, it says fifty fifty. Is that what that means? It doesn't mean it's a mix of genders. It means it has a, it has a chance of being either male or female. Okay. So this, um, as an example, there was a uh, generation one set of Pokemon called Nidoran that was either a male Nidoran or a female Nidoran, because um, they either uh, so they evolved into the two a uh, Nidorino and then to a Nido King or a Nidorina and then yeah. to a Nido Queen. Got it. I do recall that. So there was those those that was the first kind of. Um, gendered Pokemon. Um, there's some Pokemon that have a natural gender to them. So, uh, Tauros, as an example, are always male, as where the other cow Pokemon are female mm -hmm. with the others. Um, they're not as it, there's not as many common sort of versions of that, whether it's either male or female um, sort of Pokemon. Usually, Pokemon can be either male or female. Right. Okay. Um, so those are those those are slightly more common, but you can have gendered for Pokemon. And some genders have better stats for other stuff versus other stats. Um, and the reason you would have a male and female is so you could breed them together and hope to get a new Pokemon that might have either more desirable stats or more favorable um, elements to them. Okay. Um, 
because some Pokemon are really great at certain uh, stats, but they don't come with those stats naturally, okay. or they have no affinity for it. So, um, like a great example might be, oh, your kid's going to be a really great baseball player, um, but he's going to be he's going to be a shortstop versus a pitcher. Okay. So if you really wanted to have a kid, if you really wanted to have a son who's really great at pitching, you might breed him to to get a better pitching Pokemon. As as a very poor example, because you we don't have eugenics in real life, yeah, yet, yeah, okay. So, not um, young, but uh, but yeah, but uh, so Dexit, which is kind of named after Brexit, okay. Um, a lot of people were very upset about um about this, but Game Freak basically was like, it's four hundred Pokemon, you'll you'll live, yeah. and everyone did, yeah, um, because it kind of doesn't matter at the end of the day, because you have your favorite Pokemon, you can still play your favorite Pokemon and that game okay um and again my favorite pokemon is the is the witch hat pokemon yeah miss magnus pretty cool um it's also so the little so the only one uh that i the only little plush i got from japan which is the little black one with the little kind of pink ears and the red beads around it this one, this one here yes so that one's uh, so that's the one we got in japan that's a yeah. mischievous and i i, I love that you know the the uh, label on it is in Japanese. Oh, absolutely. I wasn't going to take that off. Yeah. But even on the label, it says Pokemon. It does, in English. Yeah. Um, what's actually kind of interesting about Pokemon in um, as another thing as well, when we talk about... Um, and the ones that you buy at the Pokemon Center, part of the reason for not taking the tag off is that the tag says Pokemon Center. Yes, it says Pokemon Center and is also kind of an authenticity sort of thing. Yeah, and and if you buy if you buy one that's unique to that center, it'll say Pokemon Center t- mm-hmm. Tokyo. Oh, does this one say Kyoto on it? Uh, cause I it think doesn't. It, it doesn't. The, but, so these these were the ones that were. But I know. I know. Um, the ones that are ubiquitous to those sites would have it on there, but my but these was kind of the more generic ones that they had on all. Right. Of them. Yeah. So so the ones that the girls had, Mark had to explain to them why you do not remove the labels. Um, They're children. I know. Well, those ones were also just meant to be ornamentational sort of stuffed animals, too. Yeah, because they're they're pretty elaborate. The ones carrying an umbrella. Oh, yeah. Very cool umbrella. A a parasol. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So what's interesting about Pokemon is that um, in Japan, they have different names. With the exception of Pikachu and a couple others, they have grossly different Japanese names. Um, as the generations have um, gone on, they have in they've tried to keep Pokemon's names similar as possible, um, so that way there's no real confusion about which Pokemon is which in some cases. So they've done a very good job about because um, again, I mean, if depending on the region that you were in, you might have different Pokemon named different stuff. Um, so if you were in the the in because the game wasn't translated all by the same people. There were in, actually very individual translations, which um, I watched a YouTube video about this, which was kind of interesting. Um, the translators had actually had quite a bit of uh, leeway in the very beginning about the way they translated the games because there's mm-hmm. so much text in the Pokemon games. Right. Um, so the American version added a lot of American references to it um, and not and kind of pulled out some of the Japanese references that wouldn't make any sense at all. Uh, which is not uncommon when westernizing media from other countries. Yeah. Uh, but he also added a lot more movie references as well. Ooh, okay. So uh, I can't name all of them, but I know there's more movie references. 
Um, the French version or the Norwegian version, I, I think it's the Norwegian version, has a lot of the Pokemon are named after um, more of their fantastical sort of Norse gods and, and things. So they have a lot more. They have a lot of legend and lore. Yes, yeah, so they have yeah. a lot of Pokemon that are um, allusions to some of that lore in some cases. Um, and so, but with more recent games, all the Pokemon are trying to have similar-ish names or more common names. Um, that are more universal across all the regions because they're trying to release all these games at the same time. The only reason we didn't get it until 98 was that they started translating it into 97 and there's so much text. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a lot. Bibles yeah. of text yeah, yeah. out there for this. Yeah. Um, so that basically Pokemon the mainstay. Okay. So, um, which is mostly covering the games. We talked a little bit about the anime. We'll talk about all the different spinoffs because there's a lot of other spinoff games. Does that include uh, Detective Pikachu? Detective Pikachu. Okay. We get to talk about the uh, Mystery judge, Dungeon games. Um, oh, we, we all, color me intrigued. We'll get to talk about Smash Brothers because it's also representative in, in Nintendo's uh, amalgamation fighting game. Okay, Smash so I was going to ask, does Pikachu travel to other Nintendo games? Because I know some other yes. characters do. Yeah, so he's crossed over and cameoed in other games as well. Okay. Um, and so we'll talk about a lot of those other games as well as our impressions of um, your impressions of the game because I've already yeah. beaten the game already. Yeah. Um, and so we'll do that next week. Okay. Um, and for those who are wa- who are listening with us today, um, I highly recommend just go watching Detective Pikachu. Um, it's it's pretty cute, although it's super cute. It's nice. Um, it's it doesn't not, follow the Pokemon story. It doesn't so much. follow the Pokemon story as much. But, but you do have you do have other Pokemon in it. But it's very wholesome, kind of at the end of it the day. Is. I mean, like it's, it's well done. It's uh, I loved it quite a bit. I mean, yeah. I, I would buy it on DVD yeah. or Blu-ray at this point. Um, also, because we are recording this on <clears throat> October 29th on a Saturday, I do want to make a special mention. August, August 29th. August 29th. Excuse me. Um, I do want to make a special mention of the passing of Chad uh, Bozeman, who the Black Panther. I just heard that last yeah, night. Yeah. So he um, apparently had. Uh, been living with uh, a pancreatic cancer, I believe. Or... While filming the movies, mm-hmm. um, he filmed four, four. He filmed four movies. movies. Uh, so um, um, in between cancer treatments, mm-hmm. which um, he was apparently quite private about. Yeah, and so um, he unfortunately did pass away um, just recently at the age of forty-three. There were lots of talks of a sequel to Black Panther, um, so I don't think they'll be making any more Black Panther movies, probably. Um, with the exception of that, they have to recast what was this great actor. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have heard rumors that one of the things that they may do, um, not soon, but maybe in another couple years, um, is that Doctor Strange opened up this idea of parallel universes yeah. and alternate realities. And so it might be that we travel with Doctor Strange to an alternate reality and pull those, redo different actors as different is different actors for the main Avenger characters. Cause there will be a desire to see Iron Man again and Captain America and yeah. um, Thor once they stop doing those movies. Um, and that might be a possibility to find a way to bring back Black Panther again, but I just don't think that it'll have the same effect because Black Panther was a, um, was a very landmark movie for a lot of people. Um, it's I of, was listening to someone talk about um, their experience of it this morning and talking about how, how really impactful it was to have 
um, a superhero and a super world that was black. Because, yeah, because, again, it's... Um because again, the Black Panther takes place in a world that's uh, in a in a society that's you know African in design and nature and aesthetics, but also is the most advanced country is the most advanced culture in the entire world that just hasn't made a point of saying anything about it. Um, and the movie very much speaks to the notion of race and inequality um, to the point that the main character is basically upset that the super powerful race took everything away from him, and that we that. The rest of the people that are like him don't live the same way like that. Um, the movie is also very unique in having, you know, a, a predominantly black actor with a predominantly black cast, and predominantly uh, a lot of the credits are of African American black, you know, uh, people, which is very unique in a Hollywood movie for the most part. But is also very unique in the sense that it's a superhero movie that you know that they lined up to go see that they were literally having. The fundraisers to get children, black children especially, to go watch this movie on opening days. Yeah, uh, people dressed up as Black Panther to go watch this movie. It was, yeah. um, it was a big deal, and it's really sad because this guy was a great actor, um, and we've lost and him so, just kind of and, way and too so soon. young, and he has children and and mm-hmm. uh, a number of things. So yeah, and so it's um, the person who who I I heard speak about this morning said you know it it was black art it was black culture it was a celebration of those things in a non-white context. Oh yeah, in the, in the white and context in there, the lone almost white single white character in there is still portrayed to be a good guy and helping them, but everyone's very cagey about him as well. Yeah, uh, which yeah. is very kind of what you yeah. would think of this movie. And, yeah, um, and you know I'm. I'm probably overset it too many times to some one of my friends uh but wakanda forever wakanda for life and yeah. this was just um very sad to lose this uh, this particular actor um, yeah well and he played a number of other heroes like jackie robinson and mm-hmm. and uh yeah and he's been in other stuff but it's um court justice uh, yeah, yeah it's just it's unfortunate to see the loss of somebody who uh, who had um Still, quite a bit of road to co- to cover, and yeah. unfortunately, yeah. we won't get to see that anymore. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, sorry to end on that somewhat of a dour note, but um, I thought it, thought it was relevant and did not talk about it. Yeah, cer- certainly for certainly for this podcast. Yes. Um, so we will be posting all the notes for um, the pod that we talked about here for Pokemon the generation the games and the generations. Because I have about like six pages worth and about three hundred three thousand words. Oh, do do please post the Despacito. Uh, oh yeah, and I'll, I'll post the yeah. Despacito, the Pokemon, uh, the Pikachu in a bowler hat. There we go. Um, yeah. And I will post a, post a lot. Try to post a lot of pictures as often as I can. Yeah. yeah. Um, to help tell the narrative and, and narrations of the games as best. We, as I, can. We, I may even have some pictures of the Pokemon store. So. Oh yes, uh, do send me some of those because yeah. again, the Pokemon store is a trip. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm sure. I, I'm sure I did. Yeah, absolutely. I know. We, I know. I took pictures of it as well, so yeah. I will definitely uh, pull those out of my old phone. Old phone to definitely yeah. show off. Yeah. Um, and so you can see all this information on our website at thenerdtutorialpodcast.com. Um, you can also follow us on Facebook as well at facebook.com forward slash nerdtutorialpodcast, where we do continue the story, um, and then we do continue the discussion there as well. Um, and if you have any interest in following any of the things we we talk about, or if you want to hit me up on Twitter. You can visit me at the nerd underscore tutorial um, on twitter.com. And I always take suggestions for new topics, ideas, 
um, or you just want to see some of the stuff that we're that we have discussed before we follow all those topics that we're following things like Batman and Marvel movies and all sorts of stuff right now so if you ever want to kind of catch up and see what we've been talking about and what's new come out for those topics hit see our Twitter you can try to find some of it there as well um, and so on behalf of my mom and myself we want to make sure you guys stay safe out there in these weird times and we'll see you guys again next week bye, bye. Thank you.